Happy Sunday. It's January the 26th, 2020, Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Union's Church. Stay with us. Our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie, bringing this Sunday morning message. But to start the service is our CE director, Reverend Mac Perry. Don't go anywhere. We'll be starting our service in about three minutes right here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Union's Church. morning. Welcome. Good to see everybody here today. Uh, we'll uh, start our service tonight, uh, today by going, uh, looking in our bulletin and just quickly touch a few things. Uh, we um, first have an insult. <laughs> insult. <laughs> insert. insert. <laughs> my mind has got too many things on it. As you can tell, I'm a little hesitant. So let me get my mind here. We got an insert. It's uh, about a Valentine's banquet. A young uh, 
adults and uh, the young uh, teenagers are, 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 and all the kids are wanting to do a fundraiser. So they're having a banquet uh, February the uh, 15th. That is a Saturday uh, night and they are going to be serving. Now when they go, they go first class. They're going to be serving prime rib and baked potatoes and, and this is a fundraiser. A great deal when you think about the drinks and the, and the food and you know the, tea, uh, the sweets and everything going into it for $10 a person and $7 for children eight and under. So uh, they'll be selling tickets. Please buy a ticket and be here that Saturday night. It would be a great fundraiser. The young people are looking as soon as they get out of school, maybe go on a few trips and stuff, and uh, uh, we want to be able to support that financially. So I, I'm really proud of them that they want to do it themselves and not have to use church money to do it to have fundraising and stuff. So thank you for your support. And as, as always, it's a lot of fun and fellowship to be here together as, as uh, uh, um, Christians and uh, to, uh, to support the young people. So uh, be a part of that. And uh, a lot of things going on. The chalk artist, uh, Reverend uh, David West, to be here with us uh, tonight at 6. Uh, women's ministry, men's men ministry, uh, the anchormen are coming in. The leadership meeting uh, is uh, coming up first of next month, February the 9th. So we've got a lot of things going on and also family night coming up next month. So be a part of all that. Would you stand with me this morning as we go to the Lord in prayer? We have a lot to pray about and also to be thankful for this morning. A uh, couple that's on my mind this morning, uh, uh, can, let's continue to remember uh, Sister Carolyn Edgerton. She's in the hospital doing better, according to uh, my brother here. And But also, let's remember Paul Mitchell and his family this morning. Let's continue to pray for them. And also, Brother uh, and Pastor Jerry would like to have a special prayer for them this morning when we pray, so we'll do that. But do you have something on your heart this morning? You'd like to raise your hand to recognize that there's someone or something on your heart that you want us to pray about. Is there any outspoken? Spoken, any others that I may have forgotten? Yes, yes. And this is wonderful also. Sister Pauline is in the choir this morning. Yes. Amen. Amen. So thank God for the touch uh, for both the sister Janet and, and, um, um, and Sister Pauline. Thank God. Is the others this morning? Yes.
they're going to do a temporary kidney dialysis to filter the blood only. Blood pressure has been staying in the good range all, all night. Heart is 107. Uh, pray he can handle the dialysis today and he will wake up. Uh, so that's the report on uh, Brother Paul. And uh, uh, so we want to have special prayer for him. I'd like for somebody to come if you would. Let us know what somebody on Paul's behalf this morning, if you would. Let me get this right here. You come, you come for Carol. Church, if you will, stretch your hand this way. Let's trust God. Uh, Brother Paul, is, uh, he's fighting right now. To be honest with you, he's just fighting for dear life. Uh, he's, uh, he's in critical condition, but yet he's improving. And as the doctor says, we'll take anything, any amount of improvement is good. So uh, we're just praying God's going to work a miracle for him. God's going to lift him up. Also pray for the family. Uh, pray for uh, Sister Mitchell. Uh, I don't know if she's even been home yet. Uh, she's, she's stuck right there with him the whole time. So uh, let's remember the family in prayer also. But let's trust and believe God this morning that these doc we thank God for the doctors and all the knowledge they have. And I, I pray that way every time I pray with them. Uh, but I know who's in charge this morning. And I know who can take control of it, okay? Stretch your hand this way. Father in heaven, this morning, Father, we're so thankful. Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, for every blessing, God, that you have bestowed upon this family. Father, upon Brother Paul, God, how you have lifted him up, Lord, how you have encouraged him, Lord, Father, physically. Father, because it was just some improvement, Lord, is encouragement. Father, not only for him, but also for the family. He may not even know, Lord, what's, what's, what's happening now. God, as far as the improvement is concerned, but naturally he probably feels it. So, Father, we're thankful for that. We thank you for doctors and nurses and all that they're doing, God, to help keep him, Lord, stable. Well, Father, I know who's in control this morning, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would just touch him, Lord. Allow the Holy Ghost to just move and touch him, Lord. And, Father, move, Lord, in a special way with the healing power of God today. Father, they're going to do a temporary dialysis, Lord. Father, to get those kidneys functioning, Lord. Uh, Father, to help the kidneys, Lord. They're 10% right now. But, God, we want 100%. So, Father, we just ask you to intervene right now. Touch his body. And, Father, perform a miracle, Lord, for this man today. Jesus raised the dead. He healed the lame. He, he opened up blind eyes. He, he opened up deaf ears. He done all these things, and the Bible declares, Lord, as Jesus said, the works that I do, greater works than these shall you do. For the for Father, you said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So, Father, I've got Brother Norman is standing in behalf of Brother Paul today. God, Father, in Jesus' name right now, we ask, Lord, God, that the word of God be performed right now. The word of God come alive right now. And God, we're doing what we know to do. Humanly possible, we've done everything we know to do. But God, we trust this to you, Lord, and we thank you for it. We praise you right now. Father, for the blessing, Lord, Lord, for the miracle, Father, for the deliverance, and God will believe it for healing today because we know we serve a healing God. So, Father, have your divine way, and we praise you and glorify you, Lord. Lord, we lift up Carolyn today. Master, in Jesus' name, you would touch her, continue to bless her. God, she's doing better, Lord. She's getting her strength back, God, and we thank you for that, Lord. God, Father, we want a complete healing, Lord. We want complete deliverance, Lord. Father, we want a speedy recovery, and God, you know we'll praise you and give you the glory for everything that's done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we ask, Lord, 
all these other prayer requests that were spoken out this morning, uh, hands lifted up, and those that were spoken, you know each and every one, God. You know who they are. You know exactly where they are, and you know exactly what they need. Uh, and Father, we thank you this morning, God, because we know, Lord, you hear the saints of God as they pray. Father, we know, God, uh, that you answer prayer, God. Uh, and Father, we thank you this morning because we know uh, that when we bombard heaven, Lord, uh, Father, Lord, the prayers go up, the blessings come down. Uh, Father, the prayers go up, the healings come down. Uh, so, Father, thank you today, Lord, for allowing those, uh, Father, to be touched and blessed and healed and delivered and set free. Uh, and God, again, bless this service this morning. Uh, let your anointing flow, God, and we'll stand here for you to praise the glory and honor, Father, for everything that's done. And everybody would say, Amen. Amen. Just remain standing as we continue to worship this morning and praise him this morning. Amen. Let's get started singing the old gospel ship. <laughs>
offerings, this great opportunity that we have to bless this church in giving this morning. What a worship we have. I know, I remember in the Old Testament how David worshiped God. He would uh, sacrifice the bulls and the calves, and today we still continue to honor and bless him with our offerings. Also, just a reminder to all the deacons that we want to meet, meet a few minutes in the pastor's office uh, to prepare for the upcoming business meeting. We need a few minutes, so thank God for this opportunity. Brother Bill, would you ask God's blessings? We love you, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for what you're doing among us, dear God, for the love that you're showing to each of us, for the mercy, the grace that you've extended to us, Father. And with your Holy Spirit, dear God, it surrounds us each day. And may, Father, we accept it, dear God, as a blessing from you, and just praise you for it, dear God, and give you glory and honor for all that you do. Because, Father, without you, we would be nothing, dear Father. We could not exist, dear God, without you. So we ask, Lord, you bless the furthest of this service and bless this offering, dear God, for the glory of God that lost souls to find Jesus Christ. And we thank you all in Jesus' name. free. 
this place today. Ain't God good? He's so much man. He's so much God that when he spoke the name of Lazarus, what happened? Lazarus came forth. Amen. Came forth from the grave. He still has that power today, you know what? And he's given you now the authority to walk in that power. Somebody shall praise the Lord. So thankful to have all our visitors this morning. I'm glad to have Brother Frank with us this morning. I'm glad to have everybody with us, all our visitors this morning. All you folks by the way of the internet. So thankful that you are, uh, in a, uh, are tuning in with us today. And we just ask God to bless you also out there in the world. It's, uh, listening to us and everything. I've got to fix something that I did earlier in the service. Uh, you won't think it's funny, but you know I like to do things right. So uh, I'm going to have to redo a prayer that I did. Is that Okay. I didn't do things right. You're going to think it's funny, but you know, I think God had a reason for it. I took the oil out of my pocket and I'm going to get some oil and anoint. And when I did, every time I did, I'm going to get no oil. I said, this thing can't be out. But I didn't get no oil. What it was, I got two bottles in my pocket. <laughs> I put the oil in my coat pocket so I'd know where it was at. This here is always in this pocket. So I reached in this pocket and I got this out. Now there's a reason for it. I believe there, I absolutely believe 100% there's a reason for it. This little bottle right here holds a tablet called nitroglycerin. Some powerful stuff. When I watch Westerns and my nines and them folks and they deal with nitroglycerin, that stuff blows everything up. Well, what nitroglycerin does, what I understand is if I was to have heart pains and I've been toting it now for several years, but I've never took one. The Lord's blessed me. So, but what it does, it opens up the artery, so to speak, so the blood can flow freely. So I anointed with nitroglycerin this morning. <clears throat> and Brother Paul's been having a little heart trouble with all this stuff that's going on, so I believe there's a reason for it. Amen. So what I want to do, I want to do what the Bible says, I want to do it right. Get the right bottle. <laughs> so, Brother Norm, if you will come one more time, I want to anoint you today on behalf of Brother Paul. While he's coming, let me make mention also there's a dear lady in South Carolina named Nancy Gardner. She reached out to us last week and uh, she's uh, recovering from uh, open heart surgery. So, she's reached out to the church. She watches us on Roku, uh, 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 I guess, several times or continuously, whatever. Anyway, she's reached out to us for prayers. I mentioned Wednesday night to be much in prayer for Nancy Gardner from, uh, from South Carolina. So this morning, I want you to be much in prayer for her also. Uh, she's recovering from open heart surgery. Uh, I know what she's going through. Uh, uh, as I said, four-way bypass uh, almost eight years ago now. So, uh, but God is good. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, almost nine years ago. Jesus. But anyway, so we're going to know it this morning one more time with Norton oil instead of nitroglycerin. I guarantee you nobody has ever been anointed with nitroglycerin. <laughs> Except Brother Norman. <laughs> but the Bible says, call for the elders of the church anointing them with oil. And the prayer of faith. Amen. They shall be forgiven. Brother Matt, come on up here while you're walking. They shall be forgiven. Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So these righteous folks are coming for. The Bible said, lay hands on them and they shall recover. 
And the Bible also says, even if there, if there be any sin, it shall be forgiven. I'm glad you're serving a forgiving God today. If God want a forgiving God, all of us will be in trouble this morning. Amen. So we're going to do this thing right this time. And we just want the Lord to just move into the hospital room at 4002 in the Rex Hospital in the intensive care unit there in Raleigh, North Carolina. Holy Ghost knows exactly where he's at. And as the Holy Ghost is moving on him and touching him and blessing him, I'm praying for his wife. I'm praying for the family. That God's also going to strengthen them and bless them. That God's going to have his way in this matter. God's on the scene. I can tell you now, God's on the scene. We've been in close contact with him uh, ever since he's been there. And I tell you now, God is on the scene working miracles for Brother Paul Mitchell. So let's continue to pray. Let's everybody stretch your hand this way. Precious Father, Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm redoing this, Lord, because I just feel in my spirit that's what you'd have me to do. Because, Father, I want to do what the Word of God says do, Lord. The Bible says, anoint with oil. And God, Lord, that we that pray, God, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth, my Lord, but we that pray, lay hands on them, anoint them with oil, and they shall be healed. Father, I'm speaking to all that disease and all that junk that's going on in Paul Mitchell's body this morning. Father, I speak to that heart and I speak to those kidneys. I speak to that fluid that's, that's overflooding his body today. And I command that stuff in the name of Jesus, that heart, those kidneys, that fluid up to just right now come under subjection to the word. The word says uh, that Paul Mitchell's healed. Over 2,000 years ago, God healed Paul Mitchell when Jesus took it to the cross of Calvary. Father, for the healing of our bodies. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for our healing. God, thank you for our provision because you are all in all today. So, Father, we anoint Brother brother Norman this morning, God, again, uh, on behalf of Paul Mitchell, Lord, you would touch him, bless him, heal him, deliver him, God, and set him free. Touch his family, give him strength today, I pray also, God. Father, meet every need, I pray, God, uh, in the precious name of Jesus, and we'll give you the praise and glory and honor, Father, for everything that's done. Father, we lift up Nancy Gardner to you today. God, you would touch her, Father. Continue to bless her as she recovers from this open heart surgery, Lord. Uh, I just pray, God, you intervene, God. Heal everything up as it's supposed to be healed. Father, I pray God you will bless her as well as you have blessed me, Lord, through my open heart surgery. Father, there's been no complications. There's been no troubles. Everything's healed up like it ought to be healed up. And God, I thank you for that and I praise you for that this morning. So Father, touch her, bless her, heal her, Lord, in Jesus' name. We'll stand here for you. All the glory. Everybody said amen. Amen. Somebody pray the Lord today. Yeah. Somebody give him a clap off for today. He's Thank you, Brother Thomas. Appreciate you being on the blessing. Glory to God. Amen. God is. So I found one of the natural glitches to be used for. Praise the Lord. If you got your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 5 through 14. To
his shepherd. Israel, of the tribe of and Hebrew, of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Paul. This morning, nothing to lose, to gain. Nothing to lose. Look at the neighbor and say, nothing to lose. Verse 6 is concerning zeal, pursuit, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is all blame. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but done that I may win Christ. And, he, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. How many want to know him? And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Notice what Paul's saying here. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, Paul recognized the fact that there's going to be some sufferings along this journey. There's going to be some trials and some troubles, some heartaches, and there's going to be a lot of things going on through this, through this, through this journey. But God, Paul says, I want a fellowship of his sufferings being made comfortable unto his death. If by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead, straining toward the goal, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. But brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward, look at your neighbor and say, you gotta press. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Somebody say, God bless the reading of his word. Notice what Paul's saying here in verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. And have no confidence in the flesh. I'm glad when the church gets to the place that she's got no confidence in the flesh whatsoever. Your confidence has got to be in Christ Jesus. Your confidence has got to be in the spirit of God. And you need to allow the spirit of God to lead you, guide you, and direct you instead of the flesh. Is that all right? Now, the apostle Paul is beyond interesting. He is an exciting and electrifying example of what it means to be a Christian. The key to his effectiveness and success as a Christian is because he had nothing to lose but everything to gain. 
How many remember when you were lost? Jesus came into your life. When Jesus came into your life, when he began to call you and prompt you and convict you, you realize I ain't got nothing to lose, but if I accept Christ, I got everything to gain. That's what Paul saw. His transformation was ignited by the luminous encounter <clears throat> on the road to Damascus. We know the story how that Paul was on the way to do some more damage to Christians and the church, but he met Jesus along the way, a bright light, amen? This would spark a radical move of God in Paul's life. He would never be the same. Can I tell you something this morning? If you're blood-bought this morning, you'll never want to be the same as what you were before you met Jesus Christ. Even if you backslide, you'll never be the same as you was before you met Jesus Christ. For the simple fact, even when you backslide, you still know what the effect of knowing Jesus is and serving the Lord, so you'll never be the same, even if you turn your back on the Lord. He changed Paul so much that he even changed his name. He was Saul, but then after... He became Paul. Ain't that amazing? Only thing he did was change one letter. He changed the letter S to the letter P. He took Satan out of Paul, S, and put perfect love in Paul, P. Because I'm telling you this, after the conversion of Saul to Paul, Everybody from that time until he told grandson he loved everybody. If he had loved everybody, then he went through what he went through for the gospel sake of people. God everybody. If you don't love from his 
described
he was born, we were there. You know how I was supposed to be when he was born? I was supposed to be. That's what the Bible says. But you see, like a lot of other and you rejoice when somebody dies. The simple fact is, what did Jesus say? He that how's it go? He that believes thee, even though he be dead, he shall still live. And know what Christ say? You never die. The body dies. The body lays down. I'm going to live on. And I got a choice today where I'm going to live. God's given me the, the right to make the choice of where I'm going to live, where I'm going to spend my eternity. Amen. He's given me that choice. But I want to be like Paul. I want to know how to live that when I do die, it ain't going to be going down. It's going to be going up. See, in other words, to die is to gain today in Jesus' name. We need to be shouting when a child of God dies. And I know it's hard, 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 hard to do. Understand that. Because we're going to miss it. Let me tell you this. According to the word of God, one day there's going to be a reunion. Amen? That's what you look forward to. So Paul, he was not afraid of death. Christ was not only his Savior, but also his Now, Paul's writing from prison. He's under guard and watch. He's chained. He has nothing to lose, and he's got everything to gain. Here's a man in prison, chained down, can't do nothing. They're watching him 24 hours a day. Got him chained. He can't go nowhere. What do they want to watch him for? But still, Paul knows, even in that instant right there, he's content where he's at with his Lord, and he knows he's got nothing to lose, but he's got everything to gain, even though he's in prison, chained down. He belongs totally to Christ. Look at your neighbor and say totally. He belongs totally to Christ. He's been bought with a price and is no longer his own. See the difference? I've been bought with a price this morning. How about you? I'm no longer my own. I'm Christ. Amen. He owns me. I serve him. Amen. Paul even mentions a few times that he was a prisoner of the Lord. I was preaching years and years ago back in Roanoke Rapids, back in 1980, 81, 82. I was preaching, and that particular Sunday morning, I was preaching on one of the scriptures where Paul said, I, I being a prisoner of the Lord. An individual came to me after church. He said, I'm going to tell you something, preacher. I said, what's that? He said, I ain't going to be a prisoner to nobody. I said, you don't have to be. But I can tell you this. If you don't get to the place that he's your Lord, you ain't going to make it. In other words, you're going to humble yourself down. You're going to bow before the Lord. You're going to accept him as Paul did. And if you have to be a prisoner of the Lord, hey, I'm going to tell you something, being a prisoner of the Lord ain't bad. Being a prisoner of the Lord, you're free. <laughs> Good God. That's running territory there. Amen. He belongs totally to Christ. He's been bought with a price. When he became a Christian, he lost nothing of any eternal value, but he gained everything. When you became a Christian, you lost nothing of eternal value. 
He didn't trust the uncertain riches, but in the living God who gave him richly all things to enjoy. You can find that in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. Notice what I said. He didn't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gave him richly all things to enjoy. Somebody needs to say, praise the Lord right there. When he decided to follow Jesus, he lost everything. He lost nothing of eternal value, but he gained everything. Paul was not afraid to live because he believed he could do all things through Christ, which strengthened him. And God was able and willing to supply all of his needs according to his riches in glory. You see, Paul knew this because the Holy Ghost put it in him, and he wrote it down that you and I can have the same thing he's got today. He didn't have to be afraid because he knew he could do all things through Christ. Some of us are not ready to hear this kind of message because we're not ready and willing to have this kind of bold, immovable, and aggressive faith Paul had. Let me tell you what Paul said. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Hmm. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See what Paul said? I am crucified with Christ. When the Lord saved me, he said, Son, you got to crucify the flesh now. I had people praying for me. I had people explaining to me. I didn't understand none of it. I didn't know. I didn't have a clue. The Lord said, son, you have to crucify the flesh. In other words, you're going to have to kill yourself. You're going to have to commit suicide. Before anybody jumps, let me explain what he's telling me. He's not telling me of a physical suicide. He's telling me of a spiritual suicide. In other words, you got to deny yourself. That's what we've been preaching. You got to deny yourself. You got to get yourself out of the way. In other words, self has got to be crucified. If something is crucified, what is it? It's dead. They crucified Christ. What they do? They killed him. So the Lord helped me understand, son, you got to get sanctified. And preachers, we don't preach that as much as we used to. Used to, you had to get saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now you get saved and jump right into the Holy Ghost. I ain't quite figured out one out yet. I'm still studying on that one. I mean, no, you can't, you can't cut it short with God. There's no shortcuts with God. Amen. But he told me, so son, you got to get sanctified. So I went to the altar and I began to pray. You've heard the story. I went to the altar and began to pray. And when I looked up on the wall, I saw a cross hanging on the wall. Nothing there. So I looked back and I began to pray again. This is how God sanctified me. I looked back and I started praying again. And the Lord just inspired me. He said, look to the wall, son. I looked to the wall and on the cross was me hanging there. And God said, son, right now, you're crucifying the flesh. And what you got to do, you got to keep that crucified. And the only way you're going to keep that under subjection is by and through my spirit. In other words, let me lead you. You follow me. You be led by the spirit and you won't be overcome by the lust of the flesh. How I many know your flesh is fighting with you right now? Mm, it does all the time. Some people don't believe that, but it does. That flesh fight with y'all. You, 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 it's a constant battle, the Bible says. So he sanctified me. Amen. And I can remember. I was a smoker at the time. 
People say, I can't quit smoking. The reason you can't quit smoking, you don't want to. Just being honest with you. That's hard, preacher. It might be hard, but I'm telling you now, the reason you don't want to quit because you don't, the reason you won't quit because you don't want to quit. You want to keep pulling on the thing. How, what do you mean? Because if you get fully saved, sanctified under the power and the spirit of God, you'll do what I did. I walked into the kitchen table that night, took them out of my pocket, threw them on, I threw them on the kitchen table. I said, I, th I said, I'm through with you. I'm serving God. I've given my heart to God. I'm doing everything for the Lord now. You're not going to control me no more. Nothing is going to control me but Jesus Christ. Amen. I throw them on the table, I turn around, I walked out, and I ain't been to one since, only one time. I got mad. You see, you get mad sometimes, and that's your excuse. I got mad one morning, and one of the guys working with me and painting, I got mad. He lit up a cigarette. I said, give me one of those things. And he gave me one. I said, give me a light. He gave me a light. I took a draw off of it. I'm like Bill Clinton. I didn't inhale. took a draw off of it. I was mad. What was I mad with? I can't remember. Might have had something to do with church. Church folk get mad in a minute and do stupid stuff and make up all kinds of excuses. Ain't no excuse for stupid. I took a draw of that thing and it won't even good. I looked at it. I said, this is the stupidest thing that you're doing right now. Here stupid and as I've taught my children over the years you don't fix stupid I throwed it down I mashed it out I said never again will you ever take control of me again and from that day to this day I haven't touched I can't say I touched none I haven't smoked in it all period I've had people over the years say when you go to the store, you know, you go to the store and get your break. They say, look, I want you to pick me up a pack of cigarettes. If you get your cigarettes, you'll buy your own. No, I got the money. I said, no, if you buy your cigarettes, you're going to get your own. I'm not buying it for you. I'm not getting it for you. I'm not bringing it to you. Fat people get mad with me. Are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. I'm trying to help you. So listen to me. Anything that's got control of you other than Jesus Christ, that's what or who you serve. over here alcoholic same way you say well you were a young boy I was 20 24 years old when I quit smoking I think it was yeah 20 years old I'm sorry 22 1976 my son was born 22 well you're just a young man you didn't smoke that much let me tell you something folks from the time I was able to walk my granddad thumping out in the yard. We were getting it, going behind the barn, smoking. From the time I was four or five years old, from the time I was 12, I toted them in my pocket everywhere I went. 12, 13 years old, smoking over a pack a day. 22 years old, smoking about three packs a day. So don't tell me it didn't have a grip on me. Nicotine will kill you. It had the grip. <laughs> but I got a hold of the grip grabber. In the name of Jesus. Huh? And he showed me a way out. And when I saw that way out, you believe one thing, I jumped on it. And I've been riding that bus ever since, and I ain't planning on going back to it. The devil's tried me. He's tempted me. He's done everything he can. I have been to bed at night, especially back in the, back in those days. I go to bed and I dream. I, I dream I smoke and wake up and be scared to death. I said, my God, I have smoke. And then I said, oh, I'm still in the bed. Everything's okay. 
Somebody shout praise the Lord, amen. You see, the devil will do everything he can. He'll bring it back to you. He'll want you to get back on the app. He'll let you dream back. He'll let you see how good you thought it was and he'll do everything he can. But there ain't no excuse with God. All you gotta do is make up your mind that I'm gonna live for Christ. I know how to live and I'm gonna do everything within my power to do what God wants me to do. And when I do all I can do, you can rest assured God is gonna do his part and do all he's gonna do. But I have to do my part first. <laughs> Come on, shout somebody praise the Lord. I've told you time and time and time again, God ain't gonna do nothing that you can do yourself. He don't need to do it. Is that all right? Somebody shout again. I just feel the Lord in this place today. Glory. You see, Paul said in Galatians chapter 220, I'm crucified, so I done read it. Until you realize you don't have anything to lose but everything to gain, you aren't ready for the Lord. Look out, preacher. Until you realize you don't have anything to lose but everything to gain, you aren't ready for the Lord. The Lord wants people who are so consumed with him that nothing else takes priority or, 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 or anything else. The Lord can't use people who are afraid they might miss out on something. Listen to what Jesus told Peter when he said, we have left all and followed thee. In Luke 18, 29. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that have left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake. Verse 30. Who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting. You ain't gonna do nothing for God that God won't bless you and help you come through it. Somebody shout praise the Lord. In the Lord, you lose nothing, but you gain everything. Paul's loss. Paul said, again, Philippians 3 and 5, circumcised, eighth day, the stock of Israel for the, uh, of the tribe of Benjamin and the Hebrew of the Hebrews and touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. See what he was doing? Touching the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, I, those I counted lost for Christ, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge of, of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered and the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, but that I may win Christ. Amen? And if anybody has something to lose in coming to Christ, it was Paul. He mentions these seven self descriptions not as bragging or boasting, but in demonstrate, to demonstrate no one should have confidence in the flesh. Nobody. Circumcised the eighth day in keeping with uh, the, the Abrahamic covenant, not uh, circumcised like the Israelites at the 13 or like a, a proselyte in adulthood. He did it according to the law. Of the stock of Israel, God's true people, not Ishmael's, descendants of not Esau's, and certainly not Samaritan. Of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, this tribe was faithful to the, to the Davidic throne. He, the first king of Israel was from this tribe. A Hebrew of the Hebrews, pure bloodline on both sides and kept Hebrew culture and language. As touching the law of the Pharisee, most orthodox of Jew parties in supporting Old Testament law, Paul was a student of Gabriel. Concerning, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, he held up Judaism and condemned Christianity. This is what Paul did. 
touching the righteousness, he said, which is in the law, blameless. Uh, no one could charge him with a failure to keep the law. He never violated a commandment. He had no other gods before him. Uh, he made no graven image. He never took the Lord's name in vain. He remembered the Sabbath day and kept it holy. He honored his mother and father. He did not kill. He did not commit adultery. He did not steal. He did not uh, bear false witness. Uh, he did not covet. I thought about that. He did not kill. Yeah, he did. He killed some grace. He killed and destroyed the church and all God's name. But Paul knew the law. He lived by the law. He executed the law perfectly. But after all his efforts, after all his achievements, after all his religious accomplishments, watch what he says. What things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. What used to be considered gain is now called loss, what Paul said. Loss is the Greek term, zamia, the, the idea of violence or damage. For we are the circumcision, verse uh, three, first circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in, the, in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. And then he goes on to say circumcised eight there. I'm not going to read that, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and 10, 11, 12, and 13, and 14. I'm not going to read it all again. But Paul thought, Paul thought made him closer to God, only drove him further away. He thought what he was doing was bringing him closer to God, but it was really pushing him further and further and further away. It tells you something, a lot of folks in this world today think they're doing right when they're absolutely doing wrong. And they need to hear the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? You see, they were worse than nothing because they were done uh, and that which is strong to the dogs. That's what Paul said. Paul suffered the loss of all things. This means he experienced a detriment, but it had no eternal value. The detriment became a gain. Anything he lost had no eternal value. Now Paul's learning. Philippians 3 and 9. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made comfortable unto his death. Verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul's longing was to win Jesus Christ. That's all Paul wanted to do. After the, after the road, after the Damascus Road experience, all he wanted to do was win Jesus Christ. Uh, this intense, powerful, magnetic anger, despite for Christ, a uh, desire for Christ, uh, was like a burning fire shut up in, in, in the apostles' bones. Nothing else was as important to him. Uh, Christ was the Alpha and the Omega of his life. Christ was the author and the finisher of his faith. He was at the cross. He done everything he could to stay true to Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants the church to do. Stay, do everything you can to stay true to Jesus Christ. In Christ, he lost nothing but gained everything. His longing for Christ became much stronger than any fear of losing. This is where we need to be. Our long going cannot be for things but for the Savior. We should have learned by now that a man's life does not consist in the things he possesses. Well, they got plenty of money. Thank God they got it. Look at that nice big house they live in. They are real successful people. You don't know that. You're judging them. They could be a debt up over their head. Can't hardly make it. But look at all the stuff. They, look at that nice fine boat sitting out there in the yard. Ain't that something? Spend every weekend at the beach. And when you tally your time up, time for God, time for myself. Which one outweighs what? Most of the time, 
self outweighs God most of the time. And I'm as guilty as most anybody. You see, this deep longing in Paul's life was manifest in various ways. In 9.24, 1 Corinthians 9.24, listen, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Verse 26, I therefore so run not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that <clears throat> beateth the air. Verse 27, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. <clears throat> Paul says, what Paul's saying is, I bring the body unto subjection. I don't yield to the flesh, I yield to the spirit. He said, because I don't want to find myself, my own self, standing up and doing these things and myself be a castaway within it. Come on. Everything you have, your whole entire being should be pursuing after Jesus Christ. Preacher, you don't know where I'm at. It don't matter where you're at. I know where he is. And he's reaching all the time. All he wants you to do is reach to him. Amen. You might teach your Sunday school class. You look good. Everything's fine. But you got all that junk built up into you. Let me tell you something. You're cast away. I can stand up here and preach as Paul said. I want to find myself. I want to find myself that I'm not a castaway. In other words, I bring, I keep under my body and bring it up to subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Come on, folks. We need to be very, very, very transparent. With God, because whether you're transparent with God or not, God already knows. We need to be very transparent one with the other. And I'm working on that in this church right here because some of you are not transparent one with the other. And I'm working on that because until it does happen, God's not going to, God, I'm going to tell you, God's not told me, I can't bless it. I will not bless a mess. I won't do it. And I told you a couple weeks ago that judgment's coming on the house of God. God done told me that. And I'm preparing myself for it. I'm getting ready for it. Because it's going to happen. God's going to bring his people together in one mind, in one accord, believing the same thing, speaking the same thing, and loving one another. That's what's going to happen. I got scripture to back up everything I just told you. Because until we become as one as the body of Christ, he is not going to bless what's scattered. God's told me, he said, son, before you reach what's out there, you're going to have to reach what's in here. Before I can reach what's out there, he says, you got to reach what's in here. I'm feeling somebody thinking right now, well, explain yourself. Until I can reach you to the perfection in Jesus Christ, I can't reach that. Because God said, I'm not going to allow that out there 
to come in to something that's not willing to follow me 110%. He said it will never work. So preacher, what do you say? I'm saying, high level, it's fixing to get transparent. Not only with God, but with one another. Come on. Sister Paul Lee, if I look at you and tell you I love you, you need to know and believe for a fact that I'm not just telling you that I love you. She's family, so you know I love her. She needs to know when I walk away, there's no doubt in her mind, no doubt in her heart, that that man just walked away from me. He loves me. She believes it. Now I got to get everybody else to believe. Brother James, if I tell you I love you and I'm praying for you and I care for you, it ain't just words falling out of my, off my lips and on your lap. It's exactly what I mean. You call me, I'll do everything I can to do it and do what I can do to do it. When I tell you I love you, when I walk away, you need to know without a shadow of a doubt that that man is speaking truth. He, I understand exactly what he's telling me. And until this church gets to that point, that we can tell one another that we love them in the love of the Lord and walk away and that individual knows for a fact that they love me, they care for me, they're willing to help me, that God is still holding back on me. So church, listen to me. It's easy to tell somebody I love you. But God said tell the church, son, you don't, they don't tell nobody no more they love them. They show somebody they love them. There's a difference in telling and showing that okay? I know it was going to get tight, but I know it was get this tight. As one black man said years ago when I was preaching, he was in the pulpit, he jumped up and shouted, preacher, it's tight, but it's right, go ahead and preach. Come on, help me out. God's good. You still love me? You still glad you got me? You wish you had somebody else? Well, the Bible says examine yourself. So I just examine myself. I guess everything's okay. <laughs> we need to have a longing for Christ. Said we need a hunger and a thirst for Him. We need to, to want nothing less than a complete fellowship and harmony with Him. If I got complete fellowship and complete harmony with Jesus Christ, I'm gonna have complete harmony with Tom with Thomas V. If I can't have complete harmony with Thomas, I can't have complete harmony with Christ. This only makes sense because our life is hid in him. He is our life. He is our life. He's our strength. He's our redeemer. He's our, our justification. He's our peace. He's our hope. He's our friend. There is consolation in Christ. There is comfort and love of Christ. Comfort of love in Christ. There is the fellowship of spirit in Christ. There are bowels and mercies in Christ. Indeed, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him this morning. Got nothing to lose. Got everything to gain today, amen? amen? Paul gave up some things. Paul turned away from some things. He abandoned it. He neglected it. He ignored it. He omitted it. He got rid of everything standing between himself and the Lord. You know what I have to do? I have to get rid of everything that's standing between me and God. Everything has got to be get, gotten rid of between me and God. And I'll be honest with you, there's some things that once in a while that'll pop up, they'll stand up in here, and I got, I got to either go with it or get rid of it. Go with it and get rid of it. Problem is, some people like some things that come between them and God and they sort of entertain it a little bit. And then that's why when you entertain it, you don't got too much of it and that's hard to give it up. 
Don't entertain none the devil throws in your way. You got to get rid of everything to stand between you and God. He longed for the righteousness of God, which is by faith. He wanted to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. He longed to experience the fellowship of his sufferings. He wanted nothing less than to be made comfortable unto his death because ultimately he wanted to obtain the righteousness, the righteous resurrection from the dead. It's, that was his goal. When I leave this world, I want to know I'm going to be with him. Moses, the servant of the Lord, and Emephus, in other words, a man of God, he, 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 he encouraged God's people. He preached to God's people. He taught God's people. God had a similar longing. longing. Uh, he, he had a similar longing. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrew 11, 24, by faith Moses, uh, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of, the, of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction uh, with the people of God than, than to enjoy the pressures of sin uh, for a season. Even Moses knew what the deal was. Uh, I'm not, man, he was in the palace. You don't get no burden in the king's palace. Everything is, is, that's why I don't understand what, what this boy is doing in, in Britain right now. Prince Harry, is that his name? Henry Harry, is that his name? He's given up all rights. Walking away from it. Got everything there. Everything. He don't have to make his bed up. He walks in and eats. They got it all for him. Got his clothes ready. He don't have to do anything. He's at the king's table, the queen's table. And he's given all that up. There's a lot of controversy about that. Why is he doing what he's doing? And a lot of the world is blaming that little wife he's got. She's pulling him away. She's pulling him away. Can I tell you this? He's got a choice. He can either stay where he's at and do what needs to be done or he can walk away. That's his choice. But the excuse is going to be my wife. Paul said he'd rather folk be like him. He didn't get married. He didn't have that weight pulling on him all the time. He could do what he wanted to do, go where he wanted to, when he wanted to do it. He, 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 said, you know, he said his brother's buried and burned. Huh? But he didn't have a wife. He said because sometimes that wife can interfere with what God's going to do. Now, were that wise interfering? I don't know. He's got a choice. Maybe he don't want that, that lifestyle. Maybe he wants to get out and make it on his own. Maybe that's what he wants to do. And if it does, that's fine. That's great. I got nothing to guess what he's doing. But let me tell you something. Moses was in the same shape. Moses was there. He was raised by the king's daughter. He had everything, he had everything they had. He he basically adopted by Pharaoh. Everything was his. But Moses said, No, I'm not going to do that. Because I know who I am in God. I'm not a child of Pharaoh, I'm a Hebrew. That's the choice I'm going to make. I'd rather suffer with my, with my family, with, my, with, with, with who I belong to, than to just take this for a season. He knew it wouldn't be long. I'll tell you something, folks. The good times is only for a season. If God's not in the midst of your good times. Good times can last forever if God's in the midst of it. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Ain't nothing wrong with having the boats and the, and the beach houses and the mansions. Not, ain't nothing wrong with that. I wish some of you would get that. Give me the key and me and Judy go clean it up for you once in a while. I mean, seriously. Nothing wrong at all having all That's fine. Have, get all of it you want. But don't you let that come between you and God. Don't be like a preacher bought him a boat. You know, when you buy a boat, you always name it. Well, he bought a boat and he called it Visitation. 
Church folks call him, want to know what, what, what's he up to, what you doing? He said, I'm out on visitation. I'm out on visitation. He won't lie. I'm out on visitation. My God, our preacher show visits a whole lot, don't he? Has he been to see you? I ain't seen him in months. He said, choose a run, verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. The woman with issue of blood was willing to lose some things in order to gain everything. She was sick for 12 years. She suffered many things and many physicians. She spent everything she had seeking a cure, seeking a cure for the condition, but she was nothing but her, but only grew worse. But one day, she saw Jesus. She said within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. She was considered unclean. She was taking a big risk. She wasn't supposed to have been in the house. But she said, but she had reached a point in her life where she had nothing to lose but everything to gain. Somebody shall praise the Lord. Jesus told this same lesson in parables. He wanted us to know the, the mandatory necessity to give up in order to gain. He wanted us to know we never lose with God. In Matthew 4, 13, 34, 48. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hidden in a field that the which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy thereof Go, go off and sell of all that he had and went and bought that field. Again, kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found and one had found one pearl of great price, he went went and sold all that he had and bought it. Give up everything, sold it all. Had no, I ain't got nothing to lose. I, right there is where it's at. Paul's living. Philippians 3.12. Not as though I had already obtained, he said, either were already perfect. But I allow, after, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I have apprehended for Christ. And you know the rest of it, brother. I've kept myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Look, you know, I press toward the mark for the prize of high calling of God. I ain't gonna read all that. Paul lived to fulfill his longing. He had never obtained nor achieved perfection in his life apart from Christ. Neither will anybody else. But he was in pursuit because he had been apprehended. He was apprehended by Christ. Hell on the road of demand. You see, that's all God wants to do. That's all he wants to do. He wants to apprehend you. He wants to get a hold of you. He don't want you to get a hold of him. He wants to get a hold of you. Because if he gets a hold of you, it's a whole lot different than you getting a hold of him. Mm, come on. You getting a hold of him, you can't hold on to something. But if he gets a hold of you, he's going to keep you there. He was following. He, he was not making it up as he went along. You see, the rules change. We're going to do this, this, and this. And then down the road a little bit, oh my, we need to do this, this, and this. And then down the road, we need to do this, and this, and this. And it keeps piling, keeps piling, keeps piling. Paul didn't make it up as he went along. Hmm? He had a pattern from the Lord. He prayed about what he did, and he followed God's direction. That's what he did. A pathway had been blazed. The Lord Jesus said, I am the way. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is the way. This is sufficient because it is not in man that walketh to direct, to direct his steps, but the Lord. The psalmist said in 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. John cried in the wilderness a prophetic, the prophetic words of Isaiah. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and every hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. In Christ the Messiah, the crooked is made straight, and the rough ways are made smooth. The lane is clear. The track was plain. 
The visual path was not marred. There were no shortcuts, no secret paths. This road was straight and it was smooth because it had been traveled before. Jesus traveled this path. The road you own has already been traveled before. Remember that. And the one that traveled it before you is in total victory today, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Brother Thomas got my fixed quick. Abraham traveled his way. Jacob traveled his path. Abel, Noah, Sarah, Joshua, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, Hezekiah, Samuel, Daniel, David traveled this path. Paul describes this, his living as one harmonious, contingent, and synchronized effort. He says this one thing I do. He has a habit of forgetting those things which are behind. This literally means Paul was constantly losing some things out of his mind and those things which were behind, he practiced purposely neglected. He neglected the things behind. He did not allow himself to be distracted by the things behind. You must be willing to neglect some things and put some things behind you. Some of you need to put some people behind you. And you uh, behind you. Some of you need to put some past failures behind you. Some of you need to put, put some fears behind you. Just forget about it because there's nothing to do about what's back there, but you've got a future to work on that you can give it all to the glory of God. If you live in your past, say goodbye to your future, you ain't got one. Amen. Paul is in business of reaching forth for those things which are before. He is stretching himself. If you want to win Christ, you better stretch yourself. You need to stretch your service. You need to stretch your faith. You need to stretch your hope. You need to stretch your study and prayer. You need to stretch your giving. You need to stretch your sacrifice. You need to stretch your obedience. He is pressing. He said, I press toward the mark for the high prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Or in Christ yet. He had nothing to lose and everything to gain. He wanted to reach his goal. He wanted to obtain the prize. He wanted Christ. That's all he wanted. Not politics, but Christ. Not prestige, but Christ. Look at me. I could walk out there and tell folks I'm the pastor of Pine Low, my head up this big, stick my chest out. Sometimes I won't do so bad and I won't do it. Folks say, where yes, I'm at Pine Level Pentecostal Holy Church. How's it going? I mean, it's going great. It's going good. Everything's good. I got to quit lying because everything ain't good. I just want to be transparent. Everything's not good. But God says, son, we're going to work on it, getting it good. Amen? I'm Pastor Pine Level, tickle slam to death. Yeah. Proud to be here. But I don't let that pride get in the way between me and God. Amen. No certificates, no plaques, but Christ. Not fame and fortune, but Christ. Not status and recognition, but Christ. This is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The Lord rewards the faithful. He gives us the prize when, when we finish our course. 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That's the words of Paul. You and I need to be able to say the same thing. It's not enough to start. You've got to finish your course. Everybody please stand and in order to finish this course, you must lay aside some weight and some sin. You must neglect some things. But what you give up cannot begin to compare with everything you gain. There's a lot of stuff in our life that in reality is nothing. The job is really nothing. Wait a minute, preacher. I got to work. I got to have my. I understand that. 
Don't let that job come between you and God. Because God can get you a job a whole lot better than the one you got. Or you folks ain't got a job, turn your life over to Christ completely. He'll put something in your, in your path. He'll help you. The money really is nothing. The man-made religion is nothing. Drugs and alcohol, nothing. Running around, being loose. Loose living, nothing. Anything keeping you from the Lord is absolutely nothing. In Christ, what do you lose? You didn't want anyway, and what you gain is, is, is irreplaceable. 1 John 3 and 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it, yet, and it not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Can I tell you something right there? God just moved in my spirit. He said, son, tell the people that when that time comes, I'm going to see them as they are. We shall see him as he is, God says, and I shall see you as you are. Whether you have given everything to Christ, you give him part of it, or you gave him none of it, none of it I'm going to see you as you are. This is what he says in Romans 8, 18. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Nothing to lose and everything to gain is in Christ Jesus. While every head's bowed, everybody praying. Let me tell you some things you lose while you're praying. You lose hell and gain heaven. You lose weeping and gain laughter. You lose heartache and gain happiness. You lose despair and gain delight. You lose condemnation and gain judgment. You lose destruction and gain restoration. Father, I pray this morning that there be anybody under the sound of my voice right now that need to lay down, lose some things realize they're losing nothing but they're gaining everything I pray they will come now come now while I'm reading this you want to come come lose corruption and gain sanctification you lose the world and gain the word you lose foolishness and gain wisdom you lose confusion and, and gain comfort you lose evil and gain eternity you lose folly and gain forgiveness if you want to come come quickly I'm finishing up you lose weakness and gain strength. You lose misery and gain mercy. You lose error and gain truth. You lose sin and gain salvation. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. You lose guilt and gain grace. You lose violence, you gain victory. You lose turmoil and you gain triumph. You lose bitterness and you gain blessings. You lose hatred and you gain love. You lose shame and you gain solace. Nothing to lose but everything to gain. Father, we thank you this morning. We love you and praise you. We glorify you. Master, and Paul said, and I believe God that we need to get to the same place that we could tell folks like Paul said. Paul said, I would 
that you follow Christ even as I follow Christ. Lord, in other words, Paul is not telling me to do something as he says do. Paul's saying, you do what I do. Everything's going to be okay. So Father, help us, Lord, here at the Pine Level Pentecost Holiness Church. Every single one of us get full of the Spirit and the power of God, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the unction of God, full of the place, Lord, that we can look at people and say, I would, that you would follow Christ even as I follow Christ. I'm on my way to heaven. I've surrendered all to God. I've surrendered everything to Christ. Nothing between me and Christ. I've subjected myself to Him. I'm yielding myself to His Spirit. And I'm refusing the flesh. The carnality I turn away from. And I turn to the Spirit of God. Father, in Jesus' name, bless these that appear this morning in this altar. If there's any others who would like to come, come and talk to the Lord. I'm finishing up. Remember, I want to meet with the deacons right after this. It won't be long. If you want to come, come quickly. Father, we love you today. We praise you, Master. We glorify you. We honor you. Father, in Jesus' name. God, I just thank you this morning for what you're doing. Father, how you're moving and how you're uniting and how, God, you are just blessing. Thanks for tuning in to this Sunday morning worship service on this January the 26th, 2000. We'd like to invite you to check out the website at pinelevelphc.org and you can watch our services live or on demand through the website and check out all kinds of upcoming events as well. Don't forget about the uh, app. Go to the Google Play or the iOS app store, download the app free, watch our services and get information about the church as well. Uh, like our page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pinelevelphc and you can get notifications when we go live on Facebook. YouTube's available too. Subscribe to our channel on the uh, YouTube channel, Pine Level PH Church, and get notifications when we go live on the YouTube channel. You can also uh, listen to us while you drive or while you work through the podcast. Go to your favorite podcast provider or the quick link is on the website and the app for the podcast channel. God bless everyone. We'll see you back here tonight. Don't forget to Reverend David West. We'll be here tonight for our Sunday evening worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Church. God bless. Till then, tonight at 6 p.m. Have a great afternoon.